The Fanny Mechanic Show with Dr. Tash, where we dive in, go deep, and open up about women's health. Hello and welcome everyone to the Fanny Mechanics Show. I am your host, Dr. Natasha Andriatis, aka Dr. Tash, and this episode is proudly brought to you by City Fertility, global leaders in fertility and IVF. In this episode, we dive into the topic of teas for general health. We go deep with naturopath and owner of Apotheca, Anthea Kaluros. I introduced Anthea in the previous episode of the Fanny Mechanic, where we talked about her philosophy behind her tea making and lots of other things tea. In this episode, Anthea opens up further about the wonderful general health benefits of drinking her teas and how she goes about creating them. From marshmallow root to lavender fields and clove buds, it's all about the ingredients. I hope you enjoy our chat. Anthea, welcome back. Well, thank you so much for having me. That was fun before. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Round two. Here we are with the first one off the rank has to be, mm-hmm. oh, no, you know what? I'm going to leave Apollo till last. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask for you to talk us through hypnos or hypnos. So for those listening, uh, hypnos is the root word. A Greek root word uh, that you'll hear in, you know, hypnotherapy, hypnosis, and it means pretty much sleep, doesn't it? Yeah, the god of sleep. So it's, I think it's the perfect tea name for a, a, a blend that's for insomnia or having trouble falling asleep or waking up in the middle of the night. Um, but did you know this blend with these ingredients I also recommend it for people who are feeling quite anxious and super stressed out to drink during the day. So even though this is a Mm. sleep tea, when someone experiences high level of anxiety or stress, we recommend it during the day. Or if someone's experiencing high pain, lots of pain, whether it's period pain, headaches, so lots of pain or stress or anxiety where it's through the roof, This is the tea that we recommend during the day, even though it's a sleep insomnia tea. And yes, it will sedate, but it's like when people think, oh, I wish I could just take a Valium or a (laughs) painkiller. This is the tea instead. And let's talk about the ingredients. So we've got Mm. lavender flower. Uh, Mm -hmm. So for those who didn't listen to our previous episode, can you explain lavender to us? Yes. So lavender beautiful lavender. It is a balm and calm and a regulator to the nervous system. Um, but beautiful lavender is also, it, it, it smells, the essential oil is quite sedating. It's, it's natural aroma. Um, but it's also a lovely digestive aid. So I think it's, it's something that I put in here that it helps digest a meal. Um, so you can have it after meals, but it's a really it's good if you've overeaten at the end of the day. Uh, that's how I would think about it. So typical insomniac ingredients, but it just tastes so good And as the well. smell, the aroma. And the aroma. So you smell the tea and you drink the tea, and when the tea is steeping, just that in itself evokes calmness. Have you been to any lavender fields, like in, in, um, in, in France or anywhere else? You know where I've been? In Cyprus, which oh. I believe there is, I've forgotten the name of the place, but it's a, you'd love this lady. 
She owns a lavender maze. She owns a massive herbal garden in Cyprus. Um, and it's and open to the public, a, is it? Open to the public and there's a lavender maze. Wow. And it's all just created like a maze and you're walking through a maze. Not tall enough. I mean, you know, to knee or hip level. Um, but it's like this beautiful maze of lavender. Heaven, heaven, heaven to be in it. It's, I mean, this scent is just insane. It's so beautiful. And whereabouts in, in um, Cyprus is that? That is a really good question. I cannot remember and I'm, we're going to have to let you know later. Oh. Yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, if I visit Cyprus, place, I'll go there. Yeah, it's a, it's a definite place to visit because they also make well, everything that they grow, they make um, teas and mm. skincare and all sorts of things. But that's I would love to go to more lavender fields in France, of course. But yes, I could say I have been to one. <laughs> that's on one of my um to do things. I have not yet Is been there? to a lavender field and I need to oh, go. Oh heaven. Now hops flower. Hops I think of mm. beer. Isn't that what they put in beer? Yeah, they do. And you know, hops can make if you just drank hops tea, you probably wouldn't drink it because it doesn't smell very nice. Like hops on its own doesn't smell very nice. Tastes okay. It doesn't smell very nice. Um, but with the lavender and the other ingredients, it kind of disguises the, the smell. But we use it for relaxation, for calm. Um, it, it helps promote a healthy mood. Um, some of the functional doctors will prescribe hops in, in different kind of products because it helps with mood. Um, it helps with hot flushes. Um, there's a flavonoid in hops, which is like a phytoestrogen, which can behave like estrogen and would help with hot flushes or hot flashes, whichever you want to call it. But generally speaking, we say it is to calm, balm, relax the mood and you find it in a lot of insomniac um, blends and, and tonics and things like this. Actually, I had just a random idea. If mm -hmm. you know how um, sometimes you can do a steam bath, so you steam your face, you know, and you pour hot water mm -hmm. into a vessel, you mm -hmm. put you put your face over it, and then yeah. you put a towel over your head. Could yeah. you could you make hypnos um, up as one of these kind of steam baths and Absolutely. then go to bed? Absolutely, but what would you do with the water is you'd strain it and drink it as well. So you can absolutely do that. So instead of putting um, – so normally we'll put the lid on a teapot so we can capture all the essential oils so they don't just steam out completely. So they're kind of encapsulated within your teapot and you can drink them. But you can – that. We do that with some other things, but instead of throwing out the water, just strain it and drink the tea. So you can inhale it. So you create a basin um, or a, a bowl on, and you put it on a sturdy table, put a few tablespoons of hypnos, pour boiling hot water over that, put your head over it. Just make sure this, the table's sturdy. Don't put Put it on your lap, the bowl, because people will <laughs> people have done this before, so that's why I always say mm. this. And put a towel over your head, create a cocoon, inhale, smell, 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 inhale, and then then strain the liquid because it would have steeped by then because you're only going to do that for five to seven, ten minutes the most. That's a long time. And then you drink it. 
That's a bloody good idea. <laughs> oh, very good idea that you thought of. <laughs> next, <laughs> next uh, ingredient off the off the list for that uh, for hypnosis is passion flower. Again, specifically indicated for insomnia, but it's also an anti-anxiety tea ingredient. So any anxiety, we think passion flower. And it's the flower of the passion fruit. I was going to say, is, is there a relationship? There is, is there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, isn't mm-hmm. it amazing? So yeah, like- often these fruits do have little leaves that grow around them and then they're used for other things like this. Yeah, you've probably seen the actual flower. It looks very unusual. It almost looks a bit UFO-like. <laughs> um, looks funny, yeah. And well, one ingredient that I found really interesting is oat straw. So mm-hmm. what, oats, like the oats that we eat, the straw mm-hmm. from oats, you use this? Wow. Correct. Yeah, and um, it is gluten-free, so people will ask that question. But like with any grains, nuts and seeds, legumes, you don't know if it's 100% gluten-free because there will be some cross-contamination. But oat straw itself is gluten-free. It's not the oat. Um, it's just that you can't guarantee for a celiac person whether um, it's like guaranteeing rice or nuts and seeds are gluten-free. They, there might be some cross-contamination at the factory end. Um, but oat straw traditionally is used, again, for relaxation and calm and nervous system restorative But the other thing about it, which is very unique and special, it's highly nutritive. It's very rich in minerals like iron and calcium, magnesium. Mm. We're not going to say it's an iron replacement to meat. That's not the case. But generally speaking, it's it's mineral rich. It's been used in the Middle Ages. It's one of those things, oat straws, have been used for a long, long time for the same type of symptoms. Yeah, I've never seen it listed in any tea that I've ever had, mm. so that was really interesting. Mm. Um, chamomile flower, however, is very common. The one that you've used here is, um, and I know that there are different different types of chamomile fl- flowers. Is mm-hmm. it German or Roman? Is that right? Yeah, we use the German chamomile, Matricaria recutita. Um, that's the one that's traditionally used in herbal medicine. And chamomile is so incredibly um, underrated. I mean, people, when, you know, you introduce chamomile as a, as a tea on its own, people think, nah, don't want that. That's the last thing they'll choose because they remember old, dusty, mm. flavorless chamomile in tea bags <laughs> in the 90s. And it's like, no, really good chamomile will taste like an apple meadow. Mm. So chamomile the word um, means apple meadow. So it is delicious if you have a very good quality chamomile. And how special is it that it's so good for anxiety and so good for the nervous system and so good for indigestion and colic and wind and any type of tummy upset and the longer you steep chamomile, it suddenly becomes a little bit bitter and that bitter stimulates digestive juices so we can better digest. Mm. Yeah, it's I just, love the bitterness. I love the, the bitter, the more bitter, the better. The better. Chamomile is sometimes I think I play the game in my head, what's my favourite herbal ingredient <laughs> just because I can? And I, I don't know, like there's something about chamomile and 
I think when people taste really good quality chamomile, they get it. It's when you remember old dusty kind of horrible tasting dry chamomile in tea bags of the 90s. This is different. A good quality chamomile will taste like an apple meadow. It would have some tones of apple, appleness to it. Mm. Mm. So sweetness, yeah. Mm-hmm. So hypnos. Anything else about hypnos before we move on to harmonia or harmonia? Harmonia, just that people should know that hypnos can be used for, you know, intense pain, intense anxiety, intense stress during the day. But, yes, it will have a sedative effect. Yeah. Now, And just to be hmm. cautious not to drink too much of it if you're on antidepressants. There mm. is some caution there, not too much of it. Um, just check with your herbalist, naturopath or GP. Good idea. Because, um, yeah, of course, we're, foods um, and, and ingredients like this do interact with drugs and people mm. often forget mm. that. Uh, mm. and, that w- and, and when we talk about licorice, we'll bring up something there yeah. <laughs> relevant yeah. to, to health. Um, yeah. So harmonia. Mm. The Gee, goddess of balance. Goddess of balance. Mm. Harmony. And I thought how perfect that we create harmony in the gut. So this is our digestive to sane tea. So it's very soothing and calming. So you can drink this like an aperitif for a digestive to support digestion but also to soothe um, the digestive process if it feels uncomfortable, if there's bloating and wind and gas and tummy upset. This, for me, can work almost instantly if you've overeaten a meal, if you've got a really sore tummy because you feel bloated because you ate something that you shouldn't have eaten, or if you've got food intolerances, um, whatever the pain and discomfort is, it is like it is like a Band-Aid. For me, this is like first-day tummy tea. Mm-hmm. And these are the ingredients that we grew up with. This is very typical Greek-inspired medicinal teas, especially with aniseed and fennel, carminatives are excellent for colic and wind, C-A-R-M-I-N-A-T-I-V-E. So good for bloating and wind. It is like a first aid remedy for the tummy. So good for children with colic and wind, good for babies with colic and wind, and obviously adults too. And um, clove. Clove, as we know, when you put a clove bud in your in your tooth or gums, it has that nice anesthetic quality to it. So it has a similar effect. Not that there's too many cloves in here to have that effect and that otherwise it wouldn't taste too nice. But here I'm using it again as a carminative. But clove also has anti-worming properties, not enough again to have that effect here. But it is part of the mix of if someone does have parasites or some type of bacterial dysbiosis, this will help alleviate the symptoms. Yeah, it's so intense in in flavour and in Mm. smell, isn't it? The clove, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What does it come from? Does it actually come from, I I can't even imagine the plant that it comes like from, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's. Can you describe it? Yeah, I can describe it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bring up. Just there's another name for the clove bud, mm. um, because so 
like it's a plant, um, but it's what they call an evergreen tree mm-hmm. or a clove tree. And the cloves are part of the flower bud. And, the, and I suppose it looks like a flower, mm. um, but it's very aromatic. It's an aromatic flower bud of the clove tree. And where do cloves and, tree grow? Where do clove trees grow? Traditionally? Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's, I think traditionally, I don't know, I, you would think that it would be European, but um, it's more. Uh, India? What? More in, India, yes, it, mm. yeah, because we would get clove from India, but even Indonesia, it's really mm. interesting the different mm. places it will grow. Um, but it, the actual, when it's fresh, it looks a bit like a flower bud and then it dries. Okay. And what's interesting about clove, it adds it adds some warmth to the tea as well, just like cinnamon does in the blend. And I love the way that, and I've got the pack out, you can hear me rustling the pack, everyone. <laughs> um, the star anise, I just love the, the, the effect. And earlier in the, in the previous episode, you mentioned uh, drinking tea out of a clear glass vessel so that you could actually see these herbs swimming around in the water. Um, yeah. And I would think that something like a star anise, that would be nice to watch. It unfurling. I think it's that's part of the ceremony of steeping teas, being able to have a good visual on it. It's very relaxing as you watch the tea ingredients unfurl and unfold and and steep. Um, star anise is, I mean, it's, I mean, it's so extraordinary that this even exists. Again, it's very similar to clove that it, it grows on, and it's a, the star anise is an evergreen tree. Um, it's native more to China, though, this one. Um, I like using it whole, like a lot of people might add star anise powder, but I like using the whole. It's very different to aniseed. A lot of people think it's the same ingredient as aniseed because it has similar flavours to it. Fennel seed, aniseed, um, star anise, licorice, they kind of have those very similar flavours, but they're different ingredients. And, and is you know, that the more expensive of, out of all of them if you're going to buy all these ingredients? Um, sometimes it is. I suppose it can be. Yeah, it probably is. Mm. And because I buy it in its whole state and not its ground state, um, you find it, it's the kind of thing that you find in garam masala. Sometimes you find it in Chinese five spice powder. So, But, yes, I suppose is it unique in tea? Probably. I've been using it for so long in tea that it's not unique to me anymore, but I suppose it might be unique to people, star anise as an ingredient. Mm. But it's very good and soothing to the tummy, so it just marries well with aniseed, fennel and clove. And cinnamon. Oh, I think it has to be my favourite of all cinnamon, I love cinnamon. Yeah. Um, tell and us so about the role of cinnamon in Harmonia. Uh, so cinnamon is a blood sugar regulator. So you you see it a lot. There's a lot of research which shows that people can use it for pre-diabetes or insulin resistance or hypoglycemia. Um, but I use it because of the warmth and the flavour and the antibacterial properties. There's enough of it now in in the tea to give it that. Qu- that effect but again it has that calminative effect it's very good for colic and wind and tummy upset and is and there a particular thing. type of cinnamon you like are there, are there different types just like the um the, the chamomile? yeah the cinnamon and um verum and there's the cassia um and i like using both 
Um, yeah, I think the the research is done on on the Verum for blood sugar dysregulation. Though cassia has more of a cinnamony kind of flavor, we use the one that has the more medicinal properties to it. And ginger root, how about ginger root? Because it is a tummy ingredient. It's very soothing and warming and it's a good digestive support and it brings blood flow back to the gut. For me, it evokes the rest and digest state, so that counterbalance to fight flight when we can bring attention and grounding to the gut and warmth to the gut, it means we're in a much more safe, regulated nervous system. So I think of harmonia as a real, that's why I call it harmonia. It's, it balances the digestive system. It balances the nervous system. And is there an ingredient in that that, um, like, do you imagine your ingredients as people? I know this is a really odd question. Like, um, I look at aniseed, fennel seed, and, and I, I kind of see them as people uh, dominating the teacup. It sounds kind of odd, but that's how I see things. Um, do you ever see your uh, your herbs or your spices as more than just a herb or a spice? I do. And sometimes I see people as herbs. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, my goodness, they're evoking so much of lavender right now. Yeah, sometimes there's a bit of that and vice versa. I love yeah, it. They're, they're all dear to me. I've, I mean, they're an extension of my arms. I, I've been using herbs and playing with herbs ever since I was a child. So, yes, they are a part of my world deeply. <laughs> Shall we move on to Iyia? Yes. One, Iyia. Tell us about, let me get her out. Mm, where is she? Oh, yeah. This one This one I have, I have a, a soft spot for because I have a lot of irritable bowel symptoms. Mm. And uh, this one is a bowel and liver cleanse um, mm. inspired by Iyia, which means health in Greek, uh, the Greek mm. mythological goddess of health and cleanliness. Mm. Tell us more about her. So there's Hygieia 1 and Hygieia 2, and I think Hygieia 2 completely sold out, which is more for skin and urinary, so I couldn't give you Hygieia 2, but oh. Hygieia 1 is for bowel and liver, so I, I owe you a Hygieia 2. We, we're going to do so, another episode on that one. The skin yeah. is a big thing, isn't it? Mecca, you, skin. Yeah, it's a big skin. That is a big thing, actually, what's in our ingredients and how they affect even hormones and healing and all of that. Yeah, that's another topic. But Hygieia, I, I wanted to create the cleanse teas because I do seasonal cleanse programs, which is an opportunity to reconnect with the seasons and reset and come off caffeine and come off sugar and come off um, toxic chemicals found in our food. So the Hygieia 1 and Hygieia 2 is to support a cleansing regime. It's an opportunity to reset and tone the organs of detoxification and cleansing. And what better than dandelion root? Because dandelion root is the universal herb for the bowel and liver. And it supports um, healthy peristalsis. It helps with the digestion of fats. It's a lovely bitter, so it's a general good digestive aid as well. Um, so, and it gives it kind of a really grounding, earthy taste to it. Um, 
So that's why that's the hero ingredient is the dandelion root in this blend. And it's um, it's kind of a coffee substitute as well, isn't it? People use it as a coffee it can, substitute. It can be if it's roasted. So we also right. do a roasted dandelion coffee mm-hmm. and it has a multi-coffee-like uh, flavour that when coffee was sparse during World War one, two, people would find roasted, they would find dandelion roots as weeds and will dry them and roast them and it would give them the same sensation. That's really interesting. Yeah, it is really interesting, that background. Now, licorice root, I love licorice. Um, I remember mm. when I was in the Netherlands, I used to love the um, licorice lollies that they're famous for. Mm. And tell us more about licorice. So licorice glycerides are glabra and glycerides means sweet root, which it is. I mean, it's it's 50 times sweeter than sugar. And people often will think, oh, is there sugar in my tea? Ingredient tastes very different than licorice candy. So often people say, I don't like licorice candy. Well, I like this. And it's like, yes, you will, because it just adds a sweetness and it adds a full body flavor. So it gives you this full mouth feel when you add licorice to an ingredient. Now, licorice doesn't go with everything, but it just works in this because there's fennel and there's peppermint. So you get this sweet, minty sensation as well when you drink this tea. Um, I love it as an ingredient. Um, I don't put too much in it because I know people do get concerned about blood pressure and licorice and there's lots of research, its effect on blood pressure. Um, So it makes blood pressure go up, doesn't it? Yeah, I have never found this to be the case and it's because I don't put too much because every other ingredient and it doesn't then you just taste sweetness Mm. so I never put enough that would induce that effect in the body um um yeah I recall a few years ago I had a patient who um she was perimenopausal and she was having Mm. a lot of headaches Mm. and I remember checking her blood pressure and her blood pressure was high and then we got started talking about you know things that we ate and I found out she was having a lot of licorice tea. That's what she was mm. drinking all day. That was her water. Yeah. And yeah. then she stopped drinking it and her blood pressure went down. And it was my yeah. first insight into the power of licorice. Yes. And and it's great if you've got low blood pressure, if you're drinking and it's on its own. But there's very little in this blend. It's just to add a hint of flavor. But licorice, not only that – brings it marries the ingredients all together licorice is in itself is anti-inflammatory it's very soothing to the mucous membranes that's why it's good for ibs style symptoms um it's also very good for sore throats that's why you find it in sore throat teas as well but it's anti-inflammatory and it's an and it's an adrenal restorative so it helps the system better adapt to physical and emotional stress so it has a wide application in here the way it's used is that it will softly move the bowels. A lot of it can be act as a laxative. I haven't put enough in here to create such, you know, dramatic laxative effect. Um, but there's enough. The blend is quite balanced that it has a cleansing effect on the bowels. And Turkish rhubarb, tell us about that. Mm. So very old-fashioned remedy. It's found in a... 
it's 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 a blend that um, people drink as often systemic cleansing, but Turkish rhubarb, and again, we don't put too much of it, can have a laxative effect. So we use it subtly to have a cleansing effect in the bowels, but without causing tummy upset. Now, Hygia One, I don't recommend it for those patients who have loose stools or have diarrhea. We just don't recommend it then. We use it for more congested bowels and uncomfortable bowels, sluggish bowels and sluggish liver. Mm. Which is a lot of, um, isn't there, out there, sluggish yes. liver. But it's very good Turkish rhubarb for stimulating digestive juices, including bile flows to help emulsify fats. And one of the things is that people don't realize that um, – People have compromised ability to stimulate lots of bile flow, A, because they don't eat enough bitters, mm. and B, they have dysbiosis, which in, interferes with bile production in their bowel, so in their intestine, sorry. So we want to stimulate bile flow with dandelion root. Even globe artichoke does that. Any bitter will do that Turkish rhubarb because if we can emulsify fats, it means we can get the goodness out of fats as what's well. The, um, what's the non-technical term for emulsify for our listeners? Um, the word isn't technically digest, maybe break down, just yep. break down. Yep. Um, extra, get, get the the essentials out of fats, which are omega-3s, fat-soluble vitamins, A, D, E, K2. A lot of people feel nauseous because they can't digest fats. They can't mm. process fats. Yeah, you said that a lot after people have had gallbladder operations. Yeah. So with that, if someone's had their gallbladder removed, they just should be taking bile, I think, as a supplement. I didn't even know you could. You can do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whole new world, huh? Well, for mm-hmm. me, listening to you. Yeah. Marshmallow root. Tell me about my mm. I love marshmallows. <laughs> oh, so like licorice root, marshmallow candy came from the roots of these plants. The marshmallows originally came from marshmallow root and licorice candy originally came from licorice root. Mm. Now the processing of these lovely candies are not, you know, from the ori- original ingredients. They just add flavor and sugar and a whole bunch of other additives. Mm. Marshmallow is naturally sweet, not as sweet as licorice, nowhere near, but has a subtle sweetness. It's very softening and soothing. So it has the, it's like a very softening, soothing agent. It's very lubricating. And uh, another word we use in herbal medicine is demulcent. So it almost like acts like a balm on the inside. So if you've got irritated skin, you want to put a moisturizer on irritated skin. You want to use marshmallow and licorice root on irritated mucous membranes. And softening, soothing, balming. Yeah, I mean, it, you just imagine the word marshmallow, and those those are the words that come up. Correct. Correct. Fennel seed we talked about in harmonia uh, and peppermint leaf. Peppermint leaf, yes. About. Oh, so peppermint leaf, very cooling and soothing. A, a universal digestive aid. It's very good for IBS style symptoms. Um, menthol is very refreshing and it's very uplifting, but I just think it works well. It kind of rounds out. It just helps the symptoms of bloating and discomfort. People like drink peppermint tea to, to tummy soothe. So you want something soothing as you're decongesting and you, and as your bowel cleansing. 
Mm. Now for our last tea, drum roll, mm. drum roll, <laughs> which I, I, I kind of, it, it's called Apollo, but when I look yeah. at the ingredients, I kind of think it's an Aussie tea because it's got lemon myrtle and I think lemon right. myrtle, Aussie, Aussie herb, and then I think eucalyptus. I know, but I wanted something really robust. I needed a robust god, Greek god, to match the robust ingredients. And Australian natives are very robust. They're an other level. They are gung-ho in essential oils. Um, I needed Apollo. Apollo is like the strongest god, the god of medicine. So, And this feels very medicinal, this tea. So I have these two. It's like an Australian Apollo. Um, <laughs> so it's your immunity tea, isn't it? It's our immunity tea. So you'll see all these lovely antimicrobial properties all throughout every single ingredient in here. Um, lemon myrtle in particular, it's like it's it to me is the most lemoniest, and it is stated as the most lemoniest of all the lemon flavored teas mm, and so ingredients. Good. Much higher than lemongrass, much higher than lemon verbena or lemon balm. It has an ingredient called citral, which gives it the, that lemony flavor. It's antimicrobial. It's delicious. It's what gives it that lovely lemon flavour is the lemon myrtle in this. Are you sipping some lemon myrtle now? I'm actually drinking Apollo right now. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so my you are drinking Heidi lemon said, myrtle. I love it. Yeah. My assistant Heidi said, what do you want to drink while you're chatting? To Tash and I said, let's bring on Apollo and let's go the, the strongest Greek god here. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've got to keep that, you know, that throat, throat nice, nice and soothed whilst yeah, you're talking. It's yeah. true. I, I do love the intense lemon taste, definitely. Mm. Um, ginger root is also in this. Yeah, um, in Harmonia. And again, you know, ginger has some antimicrobial properties to it, but it's very anti inflammatory. It's heating, it's soothing. We use it. Lemon and ginger tea is traditionally used for sore throats and colds and flus. And we've got licorice root, which we just discussed. Um, yeah. And then there's hibiscus. Now, was this for effect? Was this for visual effect, the hibiscus, or does it actually have medicinal properties? Because it is a beautiful it's, flower. It is beautiful. And isn't it beautiful? The tea, you see, but it's like these lovely cloudy lemon yellow hues, and then it becomes pink. And it becomes pink because the longer you sit, the hibiscus or rosella flower, um, th which is such a rich red colour. When you just drink hibiscus tea, it's like drinking red wine. Mm. But I just put enough in there, A, to give it the medicinal properties. Hibiscus is rich in vitamin C and bioflavonoids mm. and antioxidants. So it's an overall immunobooster, immunomodulator. It's very good for um, vitamin C in our blend here and, yeah, antioxidant-rich. Yeah, I remember mm. people adding it to um, cocktails. Yeah. I haven't had a cocktail out for a while, but uh, mm. hibiscus was kind of a trendy thing for a while there. Mm, because it turns everything pink. Mm. Yeah. And the lovely echinacea. We, everyone knows about echinacea. Tell, tell us more. They do, and I've used the root and the leaf, and a good quality echinacea will taste fuzzy on the tongue. So when you steep this long, if you get that buzziness on the tongue, that's great. Often people think that's the ginger, but the buzziness is the echinacea root. Mm. I think it's my favourite universal immune 
t- ingredient that we use in herbal tonics but also in herbal teas because it is antimicrobial, antibacterial, antiviral, um, anti-worming, anti-parasitic, antifungal. It hits the spot. There's so much research that's been done on echinacea like turmeric and St. Mary's thistle. Um, and it's used for an acute or prevention for colds and flus and infections. We use it for acne. So you could drink this tea for any type of infection Mm. as a support. Sure, it doesn't replace antibiotics, but if we want to bolster up the immune system and support extra, because the ingredients are are beyond that because it's the therapy of drinking tea and it's the other active constituents that offer benefits, whether it's good for fever or reducing inflammation. We need to think of of herbs beyond just the active ingredients. There's so many other actives in there that have different actions. And eucalyptus. Because we know what that's good for. We know it's very. We clean our toilets with it. (laughs) We clean our toilets with it. It seems to get stickers off, like eucalyptus oil gets stickers off things. So, yes, it has this very cleansing, medicinal action. Um, We use. Not too much because it's not easy to drink eucalyptus as a tea, but we add enough to, again, give it some medicinal qualities but not too much because it's it's very hard to drink. But it is very rich in antioxidants and it does help relieve cold symptoms. I'll never forget when I... um went to Santorini for the first time, mm. I was blown away by how many eucalyptus trees there were on this island. Yes. And um, someone was telling me, me that it was a gift that the Aussies had given to the Greeks, um, lots of seeds of eucalyptus plants or trees. Yeah, and I, I just loved it. I just that. loved it. Just seeing a bit of Australia, what I consider yes. a, a lot of Australia uh, on, a, on a small Mediterranean island. Yeah. So you rec- you recall that same feeling when you saw I them? Remem- I remember seeing eucalyptus trees in Europe and I was really dumbfounded, mm. yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So that mm. um, that takes us to the end, although we haven't spoken about Aegea. Is it Aegea? Aegea? How do we say Aegea 2? Aegea 2. Aegea 2. Which we won't talk about today because no, I, I want to keep people in, in anticipation for yeah. another episode. Because that's Correct. the one about the skin, right? The tea Correct. about the skin. Mm. About skin. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So what other teas do you sell? We have our everyday collection and they're all organic, certified organic, um, black teas, green teas, um, a, a chai, a dandelion coffee, a chai. We also sell um, a dandelion chai, which is called lion, like dandelion lion, which is caffeine-free chai with roasted dandelion root, roasted chicory root, and you can drink that as is or with almond milk and cinnamon powder and make a real nice chai latte. Um, We have a a chai that is my yaya, my grandma's recipe. Mm. Um, We have shine, which is probably one of our most popular long-term teas because it's just lemon and ginger ingredients, Mm. sweet lemon ginger, very popular. We have Paris tea, which is our beautiful organic French grey, and that's got beautiful Australian orange and lavender and rose petal and jasmine blooms. So we do we have quite an extensive collection, like an everyday collection, and then we've got these very 
medicinal naturopathic steeped in therapy teas. And thank you so much for taking us through all that. I've learned so much. Mm, my pleasure. And it's yeah, it's it's given me a much a different appreciation of, of tea drinking. I mean, I've always been more of a caffeine girl, like a coffee, hard, yeah. you know, strong, hard, flat white. Yeah. But this is yeah. yeah. So thank you. Um, I had just some other getting to know you questions. Yeah. Um, your top five tips, or just top tips, they don't have to be top five, uh, yeah. for being a kick-ass tea creator and herbalist that you are. Oh, that is so nice. Um, that's a good, another good question that you've asked me. I think I'm number one would be considered and discerning um, with ingredients. Um, making sure they're of the highest quality, premium, well-sourced, good farms, um, no toxic chemicals, organic. Um, Two would be um, flavours. Like I love cooking. I cook, you know, I wrote a book called I Am Food because I love cooking and I love teaching about food and nutrition and the source and processing of food. So flavour profiles are really, really important to me. Um, What something tastes like, smells like, the entire aroma. Number three, it has to look good on the outside as it does on the inside. Like I want the outside world of my brand to look as beautiful and taste as good and deliver the goods on the inside and vice versa, if you know what I mean. Like it's really important to me, like the name of something, what it looks like, what it feels like. Um, what So people are attracted to it. It has to be beautiful. Number four, sustainability, um, that it's environmentally friendly, that there's minimal waste, that things can be recycled or reused or broken down or composted, which is what we endeavour with our brand and products that we create. So the plastic, um, the, the, the stuff the that... Cellophane. Yeah, that's all um, breaking down in the environment eventually. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. I was yeah. just wondering about your packaging and what yeah. happens there. Yeah. The cellophane is completely compostable, yeah. I mean, a good home compost, yeah. Um, and five, it has to be it has to be kind and, and loving. Well, kindness and love needs to be imbued in everything that I create. It's a given to me that it's good for you and medicinal. It's what I do for a living. But it comes with a lot of kindness and love because I sincerely create these because, A, I love them, I believe in them, but I want my patients to feel that comfort and nothing feels as good as when we're loved or taken care of or when we receive kindness. So it's a tall order to Mm. ask, I know, (laughs) but I try to fulfill it. That's my intention and goals behind the whole thing as a tea creator and herbalist. Yeah, you know the Greek word philotimo? Yeah, which is um, one of my favorite favorite words. Yeah, which is yeah. I don't know. Can, can you describe to our listeners what that word is? But it's I, it's I'm one of my favorite words. It's one of my favorite words, and I'm not good at describing it. But my partner Paul is because he keeps telling everyone because he keeps hearing it, and he's Lebanese. He's not even Greek. You have to t- describe, explain it. It's almost hard to put in words. Mm. It's like um, the 
it's like someone oozing goodness f- just from the bottom of their heart. It's this warmth. Yeah. In in Dutch, it's called. It's almost like a gezellich. Um, I can't I can't think of an English equivalent. But it, your your teas are like the filotimor of teas. That's how oh, I see them. That is really special. So you need to make a tea called filotimor now. You know that. <laughs> That makes you cry. If you got that from my tea. Yes. Oh my goodness. Gosh, seriously, thank you. That's a that's a great honor. Thank you. It really does smell like an apple meadow and the green leaves even smell on chamomile. So I just, it's, it's the visual, it's what it evokes. I want to be centered and calm. And yellow, so yellow is such a good color, yellow, isn't it? Mm. Yellow and the white petals. And imagine a field of chamomile. Mm. God, where, where, where would that be? Would there be such a thing <laughs> in Australia? Do we have to um, no, leave the we country? No, go to Europe. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Germany. Okay. Yeah, Germany. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And my last question is about books. And, of course, uh, we can't get to this stage and not talk about your book, which I have in my hot little hand here. Oh. I love this book. And I love the way you, you you wrote on the inside. I'm opening it up and it says, To the health and happiness of humankind, flora, fauna, and soil. To my clients, may this be a manual to support your journey to exuberant health and happiness. To my niece, Summer. Oh, that's so lovely. How old mm-hmm. Summer now? She is in, she's a tween. She's almost a tween. So they're not quite 13. Oh, bless. I've got a niece that's not quite 13 as well. And has she read your book? I hope so. I really <laughs> hope so. I, I wrote it in her honour, so I hope so. I wanted her to have something from Auntie Anthea, yeah. That's lovely. Yeah, thank so you. So tell me about your favourite books. Um, you mentioned a couple in the last episode, Natalie yeah. Lassels and Marianne Natalie Williamson. So Marianne Williamson wrote A Return to Love and A Woman's Worth. But I think my current favourite book, and it's kind of I've had very big aha moments with it, is Journey of Soul Initiation by Bill Plotkin. And I don't know how to describe it. I really don't. And it is something if people know the work of, Bill Plotkin, um, it's psychotherapy, soul, spiritual, environmental work all infused together. Um, he's, it's based a lot on the work of Carl Jung, I would mm, imagine mm-hmm. is the right thing to say, um, and it's just taking me on these descents to the soul is the word and really helping me clear all my false stories and um, false identities and really get to the root of who I am and how I can deliver that as much as possible and have as many soul encounters as possible. I love it. Soul encounters. Mm. I love Mm. it. (laughs) Mm. Beautiful. So you read a lot? I do. I'm really deep. I feel like I'm never going to finish this book because I keep stopping and writing and 
I like reading. So these are the kind of genres I read. It's, it's because it's to help me grow as an mm. individual and expand and, and be a better service to patients. But, you know, practitioner heal thyself. We need to do our deep work and it's constant. Yeah. Yeah, I've totally gotten into the Harry Potter series. Oh, and, um, <laughs> I love it. I, 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 I can't believe it. I've waited this long to read these books, but they have seriously changed me, this Harry Potter series. like. Wow. In a way, I did not think I would. Um, uh, just seeing more the magic in things, yeah. And um, you know, it, it's, it, I've always been interested in kind of uh, you know spirituality, you know, tarot, yeah. kind of you know yes. stuff like that. But Harry Potter just takes it to the next level, and that J.K. Rowling, what a what, what an amazing woman! All that what created is- in her head. For the yeah. benefit of mankind, you know, adults, yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the magic. I think it's just maybe also it's taken me back to being a kid again. Um, yeah. But I can see it at an, at an adult level. So, yeah, um, yeah so I that's my self-help book more, at the moment. <laughs> well, we need more wonderment and magic and there's something beautiful and creative and healing about that. And I, I think that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm reading this book too is is to tap into that magic and wonderment and that creativity that you have as a child and bringing it into adulthood and not losing that. I think that's important. Mm. Nature does that. Nature can that's inspire true. us. Yeah, yes. herbs. That your herbs, your they herbs do. in Hypnos Harmonia, Iyia, <laughs> Apollo, and the Graces. Thank you so much, <laughs> Anthea. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure, Tasha. I hope we get to speak soon again. Yes, it's that other tea that you haven't given me. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Anthea. My pleasure, Tash. Take care. I hope you've enjoyed this chat with Anthea Kaluros. Has it inspired you to drink more good quality teas and to appreciate their ingredients? Share this episode with someone if you think it will help them. Please subscribe to the Fanny Mechanic channel and if you haven't already, hop over and give the show a fantastic rating. Shoot me a message on Instagram, Dr. Tash Fanny Mechanic and join the Fanny Mechanic podcast group on Facebook. Let me know of any topics you'd like to hear, cool people like an interview or books for us to read and share. Until next time, stay fanny-tabulous.